Welcome to the Healthy Living Scottsdale Podcast. This show is your one-stop shop for all things health, fitness, and nutrition, and is brought to you by the team at Pulse Fitness. You can learn more about how the team at Pulse Fitness is helping people live stronger, longer lives by going to pulse.fitness slash podcast. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, welcome back to the Healthy Living Scottsdale Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Zach. I'm here with Coach Zach and Coach Brandy Mead. What's going on, guys? Excited for the podcast. Excited for today's <laughs> yes. episode. Um, all right. We've got a question for you to kick this one off. Is your workout causing you to lose muscle mass? That's the question. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into that, I want to give a little shout out to a client of the week. Um, this week's client of the week is Nancy Smith, who just started with us. Um, she's in her third week, mm -hmm. I believe. And the reason I, I picked her for client of the week is because when somebody signs up here, um, their first week, we're like, Hey, just work out right. Your second week, I'm like, work out and everything you eat and drink. I want you to log on our app. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then at the end of their second week, I sit down, I take a look at it and she came in, she was, she, her first scan was, was pretty good, but I looked at her food log tracker and I was like, all right, there's a lot of issues here, right? Like there's a lot of things that we're going to have to, going to have to fix. Um, and I was like, what do you think about doing nutrition coaching? And she's like, I don't, I don't want to do that yet. And so I was like, okay. And I I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm concerned because I don't know, you know, how good of results she's going to continue to get, um, based off of the way she's eating. So she came in yesterday for her second scan and I looked at her food log, complete transformation on her own, which that's awesome. Nancy. It, it's awesome. Right. So like, um, that's amazing because I just gave her some, some like pointers. Um, and it was just like, Hey, make sure you're, you know, get enough protein in, let's just start there. And, and like, I mean, literally some of the days she was consuming like a hundred grams more protein than she was doing before, wow. which tells you how little she was eating before, yeah. but like, yeah. <laughs> but like amazing, right? Amazing. So I was just like so proud. And I was like, that's awesome that you like took the action to do it on your, on your own, because most people can't do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, big shout out to her and just like, keep it going. Right. Yeah. Just keep it going. That's the, that's the key now is like, don't turn back, just keep working towards it. And little by little, you'll make positive changes. Yep. So that's the key consistency, um, consistency. So, all right. Speaking of protein, <laughs> right. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about if your nutrition isn't what it should be how working out can actually lead to decreases in skeletal muscle mass instead of increases, right? So Zach, yesterday in our meeting, our team meeting, I was like, okay, well, what do you think about talking about this topic? And I was like, let's talk about how workouts are, um, or, or people being catabolic, right? And you said to me, well, like working out is catabolic. Like in, yep. your snark, in your snarky little way. It was not. <laughs> so he, he, I don't know, in a very matter of fact way. So like, I guess explain to people like what it means, like what catabolic means and like how that translates when somebody's like working out and training. 
Yeah, catabolic just means it's breaking down or your body's in a state of breaking down something. In most cases, it would be like muscle tissue. But it's like in working out, especially like resistance training, all like hormonal levels like shoot all over the place and they tend to actually go what you, you would consider the wrong direction. If you like just analyze somebody's like blood work or whatever and they were working out, you would think they were like horribly unhealthy just because all the things like cortisol level and a bunch of other stuff shoot up when they, we want them down. So traditionally, like if you're like in a high intensity resistance training session, testosterone usually can drop, cortisol can go up and like even something like creatine kinase, which is like an indicator of um, skeletal muscle tissue damage goes up as well during resistance training. So that's why it's catabolic, right? Cause those are all, or those, especially those two are the main um, catabolic hormones that you see as an indicator during working out. So it has to go up, like it's a good thing. It's supposed to, um, obviously to a certain extent, but it has to go up because we're creating damage intentionally. That's the whole point. So like whether it's aerobic training or resistance training, the goal is obviously to stress the bodies pretty severely in order for it to grow and adapt slightly bigger and stronger, slightly more efficient, slightly more healthy in pretty much every way. So, um, cause like the way it was worded, like in our meeting was like you, it was almost like kind of like, oh, like why it shouldn't be catabolic, which is why I said like it is catabolic because it's meant to be catabolic and it in has a snarky to be. Way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, just because right, like the message isn't like, oh, it shouldn't be catabolic. It's obviously to be as efficient as possible, but it has to break down in order to build back slightly bigger and stronger. And I think pe most people, kind of understand that very superficially of right. like, Hey, when I'm lifting weights, I'm creating muscle fiber tears is kind of the way everybody thinks of it. And then those tears like heal and they heal back bigger and stronger. Right. Like, right. and there's a certain level of, I guess, appropriate level of like how big of fiber tears and how much damage you should or shouldn't do to the muscle um, to optimize like the results you're going to get from your training program. Um, and so I think it's important for everybody to understand is like, yeah, when we're working out, if you're if you're putting in any type of effort whatsoever, where it's challenging for you, then we're causing damage to the muscle and we're catabolic to some degree, right? Um, I think that a major issue it with most of our clients comes down to their nutrition overall and then especially around their workouts mm -hmm. because if you don't have good nutrition and the, and the nutrients and the fuel that you need then there when you become catabolic you can't recover you can't you can't repair the muscle tissue the way that you should um and you're probably as you as your glycogen stores deplete when you're working out, we need to then tap into the protein in our muscle cells right. and convert that into energy. And so then you can uh, like you your workout could have the opposite impact if you if your nutrition wasn't good where it's like, hey, I need energy to sustain myself. I'm going to use my muscle tissue and then you can actually if you're if your nutrition is poor you can actually lose muscle mass from working out, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Zach's like, there's more to it than that. Well, yeah, it's complicated, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, but like, I mean, to put it in simple terms for our, for our listeners, right? Is like the, the takeaway is, hey, we want you to be thinking about what you're eating before, 
what you're consuming during and then what you're having after a workout um, in order to prevent you from being like overly catabolic and unable to recover, right? right? I think that would be a really important piece. And then to optimize the work that you're putting in during that training session, yeah. you know, you have to have the nutrition, you know, before, during and after so that you can have that recovery because really that's when your that's when your muscle is um, a, a adapting is during that recovery phase when it's when it's healing right and when you're gonna actually like grow and get stronger right right um zach you, you, you there's more to it than that right so like when you're how how in de how in depth do you want to go uh, what do you think is important for people to understand or what they're going to want to understand about this well i it wasn't necessarily that it was like more thorough i just i would question it just because um so like then of course like the nutrition is obviously the most important part like you are if you're causing damage or not recovering well it's just because your nutrition is a problem but i i think like as far as like pulling protein from muscle like your energy stores like fuel storage like you would pull from muscle glycogen first that's the immediate store once you deplete muscle glycogen, you're going to pull from your blood glucose, which is next. And then you're going to pull from the liver glucose or glycogen. Um, and then traditionally you pull from fat stores because that is the hugest, the hugest, terrible English, the, big, <laughs> the, the largest store that you would take a long time to deplete. And my understanding is that you pull from um, protein last because it's a terrible fuel source so hardest like, to break down yeah yeah and com can least, convert into energy right most okay. difficult and your body's always going to go for what the simplest is so traditionally like my understanding was that you're going to pull from protein absolutely last and that's like if you look at a long long duration of exercise which is the easiest is like cardio mm -hmm. as an marathon example. runner yeah. right Endurance. they they always um, intra workout, which would be their, um, while within exercise. their, while they're working, right. Out, they fuel carbohydrate. They load carbohydrate before because yep. carbohydrates is your glucose glycogen. And, and then usually it's like every 30 minutes, sometimes 30, 60, like gummies and yeah, like chews and stuff like drinks, Shells. like quick, yeah. quick, uh, digestible carbohydrates yep. because you can hold on to that. And then they're going to burn through all those fat stores. If it's like a marathon lasting hours and hours and hours. Um, and I, my, estimation without any data would be like the reason they they i wouldn't say they pull from protein unless they did something terribly wrong in their nutrition i would it's just like right like they're burning too much so they, that's why they're small it's not like they're you're you're saying overall they're burning more calories than they're consume than they're able right. to consume so their nutrition it, is the problem like and total and so it's you're looking at it from like a macro standpoint not necessarily within the single workout you're going hey this person's burning 5,000 calories a day. They're taking in 3,000. I'm just throwing those numbers out there. Yeah. And then that's why like they're tapping into protein, like their muscle tissue, big, like on a large scale. And so, so you're saying it, it's probably not like a single workout that's causing the problem. It's, no. it's big picture, like overall mm -hmm. what somebody's taking in versus what they're putting out. Yeah. That's why like, um, like new, nutrient timing used to be really, really thought of as important. And it's not anymore just because it's known now that like the grand scheme of it matters more. So like if you front loaded your protein early in the day and then you didn't eat immediately after the workout, you're still fine as long as you were at the correct amount because it's still in your body and it takes a long time to digest and mm -hmm. contribute to synthesis and all that stuff. So I'd, I'd, in a resistance training session, I would think 
Um, the, the nutrition, of course, matters because, yeah, like energy and ability to like work at the correct level and intensity level, um, you won't have it, obviously, if you right. don't. Like a lot of our clients will probably talk about like are really poor at the nutrition before in the first half of the day, especially early in the morning. So I would think that's going to contribute to their problems the most just because like if they're resistance training sessions in an hour and their intensity level probably isn't at the highest level that it should be anyway i would like i i would be shocked if they're pulling from the protein the problem is they don't have the protein stores in the first place to, begin to contribute with. to that like right. protein synthesis For the afterwards yeah. yeah so they're yeah. they're working from zero i don't think that they're like necessarily like in a decrement, like losing it because of the workout, I think they're just like at such a loss to it's begin a, with, right? Like they're operating from nothing. That's right. a really, yeah, I mean, that's a really good way of, of putting it. And you, you take somebody that's like, most people when they come in initially, like especially women, their protein intake is, is so, so low. I mean, we're talking like we've, yeah. we've done episodes on this where we are just like, Hey, your body weight should be like, you should be matching that in grams of right. protein per day. And they're like it a quarter of right. that. Right. Yeah, that seems impossible. It seems, Im it seems yeah. impossible. It seems yeah. impossible. Yeah. Um, and so like what you're saying, Zach is like, Hey, globally, that's why they're losing muscle mass. And, and basically like, it's easy for them to store body fat. It's very, you know, hard for them um, to main or gain muscle mass or hold on to their muscle mass because they're already in this state overall. Right. Yeah, and like especially for females. Sorry, I didn't mean like interview. It's like if they are really low on protein, their iron is probably super low too. So like that contributes to energy level really low. So it's just like an example of like yeah, like the the whole system if it's low on that protein, like it just trickles down to other things that can also contribute to low energy. So like yeah. if you're already somebody who doesn't eat enough protein and you're a female who's realistically more predisposed to be having low iron levels to begin with, you're you're probably that's just gonna contribute in like exponentially increase how difficult it would be for you to maintain the necessary energy levels to work out hard and, and recover. Right, and then add on to that, you know, you're 40 plus, you're pre-menopause, you're yeah. also your hormones are changing. Um, you know, you start to lose skeletal muscle mass as you age, as, or it's harder to maintain. So, you know, you just add all those compounding factors and it is really hard. You can feel like, you know, your body is, you know, really using its protein or eating its protein. Yeah, and, and I think, so it's important to kind of, for, for people to kind of understand too, in addition to this is like our muscles, they require nutrients to function and to repair themselves. Right. And the way that the, that nutrients gets to our muscles, like the vehicle that, that transports it is insulin. And so if you think of somebody like think about diabetes, right. Or somebody that's obese, um, it's very difficult for somebody that is that is overweight and insulin resistant to like transport nutrients to their muscle tissue whereas somebody that has a very low body fat percentage it's typically easier for them to gain muscle mass because they're more insulin sensitive and so if they have like some carbohydrates and then protein and they go and work out it's like there's the conditions are right for their for muscle growth in that situation and they're going to have better energy they're going to recover better mm -hmm. there's all these things that kind of go into it so the cards are kind of stacked against somebody to begin with when they are coming in like overweight right. um however with somebody that's like let's say 
you know, more morbidly obese, like that person probably has enough tissue just in general to lose without really it negatively impacting them all that much, right? To a certain extent. Right. So, well, and protein, I mean, protein is always important, but especially if for someone who's coming in and they're new, a lot of times they're in like a fat loss phase and it's really hard to maintain or gain muscle mass when you're in a fat loss phase. Like, like a deficit, like right, a calorie deficit. If you're deficit. in a calorie deficit, um, you know, protein is even more important. I mean, it's always important, but even more important in that phase to try and hold on to the muscle mass that you have and to, you know, um, even, you know, try to maintain that as you're losing body fat. Yeah. And I think, um, so, so I think Zach, it's worth just kind of playing de devil's advocate here. Cause I'm, I can think in terms of like what our clients are thinking and like you walk through this process of, okay, I've got my, you know, glycogen stores and my muscle, and then I'm going to go to my liver and then I'm going to tap into fat. And so it's like, Oh, I want to tap into the fat, right? So like somebody, <laughs> so, <shakes> his head. <laughs> so somebody's going to think, somebody's going to think they're going to put two and two and two together. Right. And they're going to come up with this idea of like, okay, I got to tap all of my, my glycogen stores in, er, in order to burn body fat. No, it's not the same fat. <laughs> okay. So I understand, I understand that like the, confusion but it's not the same fat so it doesn't matter it's not you're not losing it's not adipose fat tissue right. on no. my, around my belly <laughs> absolutely not that, that would be very simple then right because think how simple it would be to just shed the fat really really fast it, it doesn't work that i way. just work until i get to that point right. and then i'm you in could, the fat you would the see fat it burning zone you, yeah if, you, if that was it, all it took right you, yeah you could do super long long duration exercise and you would just like i'd lose see five it, pounds of fat right? just you would melt just see it dropping <laughs> off of you it doesn't work that way right it the fat is used as a substrate, as an energy source inside your body. It is not that adipose tissue that's on the outside and exterior of the body that's used. That's just, it's not the way it works. So <laughs> I, I get it, you hear fat and you're like, oh good, I wanna lose fat, but that's, it's not the same fat, it matters. That'd be like fat you're consuming as- Right, yeah. 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 Macronutrients. Exactly, yeah. yeah. When you, if you eat like fish that has fat in it, you're not adding on fat tissue to your body right. because of it, it's different. Right, okay, cool. Um, all right, let's talk about some things that people can just like helpful tips, right? So I think number one that's obvious that we've already established is like your protein intake has to be adequate for your body in order for you not to to experience muscle wasting, mm -hmm. um, especially if you are going to also be working out, right? Like if you start working out and you're in this massive calorie deficit, you're not getting enough protein, um, and, and I should say like nutrient deficit, I guess, versus calorie deficit, because right. like sure. you could consume, you know, five bags of potato chips and far exceed your, your calorie, calorie yeah, yeah. <laughs> calories for the right. day, but you literally got no nutrients that you need. And so yeah. you will lose muscle mass in that, right. in that case. Right. Um, so I think that is kind of like a, you know, like an obvious is like, Hey, you got to make sure overall throughout your day, week, like you're consuming enough uh, protein and giving your body the nutrients that it needs. Mm -hmm. um, and then for a lot of our clients, it's like, I recommend that they consume like branch chain amino acids while they're working out and just like mix it into their water. It's like, if your protein intake is good throughout the day, like if it's adequate and you're nailing it, it's like, you don't need branch chain amino acids. We're looking at it from a macro scale, as you said, and you're like, Hey, you got the nutrients in your body, but most, most of our clients can't 
do that, right? So like supplementing with additional like amino acids, protein powder, like doing protein shakes, like that's kind of a, I guess a backup plan to help get the nutrients you need. So you're not, you're not like just going to lose muscle mass. Right. So, um, and I know like a lot of people, like it's traditional kind of bro science, like bodybuilding when people are like cutting for shows, it's like, they're taking all kinds of supplements and branching amino acids and stuff to, to try to minimize the amount of muscle mass that they're losing. So it can just be like a, a helpful, you know, supplement, but I think all of us would agree, like we're going to preach food first. Yeah. Whole food protein like, sources get, first. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then, then supplement. supplement to either like take things to the next level if you're at that point or to just use as like a plan B, like backup plan. Yeah. And I think for, um, for someone who's like vegan or vegetarian, the BCAAs can be really helpful as well because you know, you, you it's can, hard. it's harder to get that total protein, those, those grams of proteins over the course of the day. It's possible if you're on a vegan or vegetarian diet, but it is a little bit harder. So the BCAAs can aid in that, you know, overall protein goal for the day. I want to, I want to just get your guys's opinion. I might re regret this, um, <laughs> but before we finish here, I just want to get your, your take on it. Do you believe that somebody can overeat, overconsume protein and get fat from eating an excessive amount of protein? I think it would be really hard to overconsume protein. Um, for one reason, protein is very satiating. So if you're eating, you know, a lot of protein, you know, if you, we're recommending like one gram per pound That's like of a body minimum. weight, like on a minimum, yeah. but if you're eating like two to three, four grams per pound, like that's going to be really hard to do. You you're going to feel it, so right? full. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Zach? Uh, I, I would say no, like, of course, it, outliers exist, but like, if you were going to gain fat because you were eating such a high amount, it's not because of the protein, it would just because of all the, the byproducts that come along with it. Yeah. But right, like, so if, if you are eating an enormous amount of whatever, like whatever the meal is, it's probably coming from the other half of the meal, it's not the protein source. Obviously, yeah, it is extremely dense calorically, very difficult to digest. So it's hard to like, be able to get your body acclimated enough to be able to consume it all. Um, it doesn't like turn to fat. I've heard this like you like, <laughs> it will just transfer somehow into fat. It doesn't, obviously the body doesn't work that way. I just think it, it could occur as a byproduct. If you're somebody who just eats an absorbent amount of food, but it, it that that's why I would say it that way, right? It's from the absorbent amount of food, not from all the protein. Like I haven't ever heard of Meaning somebody. if you eat a steak, it's like a certain amount of protein and then a certain amount of fat. Right, and and probably you, you ate steak and like potatoes and whatever other stuff, right? Like it's usually probably gonna come from the stuff. It's not gonna come from the protein source. I've never personally encountered or heard of somebody who became obese eating too much protein. protein. It doesn't, right. okay. to my knowledge, doesn't exist. I don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to, I just wanted to put that out there because I, I feel like there'll be, there'll be those people that listen to this and they're like, I was on a protein diet one time yeah. and I got fat and I'm going to be like, uh, probably, you probably weren't getting just protein, right? right? Sure. There were other things that were going on. Like if you were doing like some sort of 
gimmicky shake thing. It's probably the stuff that was in the right. shake, not the sugar, the, the added yes, things, like yeah. a slim fast. Yeah. Woo, right. So, <laughs> I would say one other like tip for people who's trying to avoid like losing or whatever, regressing, even though they're still working out. I, I have this argument every single day, almost every single hour <laughs> with our clients, especially our female clients, is that I tell them that they should be eating breakfast. Every single one, okay, 98% yes. of them tell me they have no appetite in the morning so they cannot eat breakfast before because I feel like they're gonna throw up or they're gonna be sick. I get it, if you eat nothing, I'm not in, I'm asking you to eat some enormous meal beforehand, then of course I get it, like you would be very uneasy, like you would not feel, you'd feel sluggish, what have you, but if we assume that you're working out in the morning, so we if we eliminate the people working out at like 6 p.m., of course it doesn't really apply to them, um, obviously, they haven't eaten by that point. That would be a huge problem as well. <laughs> but if we talk about people who work morning, even early, early afternoon, like at noon or 11 o'clock, you have been sleeping, hopefully for eight hours, and you were fasting while you were sleeping. You probably didn't eat within an hour or so before you went to bed, hopefully. There was nine, 10 hours, and then you woke up. If you woke up at six, seven o'clock, unless you worked out within 30 minutes of waking up, which of course happens, but it's not very common, We've ex our body has now been in like a fasting state for 10, 12, 13 hours. And then, which is not necessarily wrong, of course, without talking about fasting, but you have nothing to, <laughs> to go off of, right? right? Like we talked about earlier, like people who just don't have enough protein in their body, they're like basically starting from zero as opposed to like losing. But these people then would be starting at even lower of a deficit because their body is desperate for any sort of energy source and then you're asking it to go expend even more energy at a high high level and then still expect to like have the correct intensity level and the effort while you're there you of course there will always be days where you're like oh i'm not feeling it and you have to like push through it but you're you're asking a lot of yourself to do that especially mm -hmm. on a daily basis and then you're probably going to overeat as well after you, <laughs> you finish your workout. So it, to me, it just leads to a cascade of problems. So I would tell anybody you need to eat beforehand, even if it's like something small, just to have something in your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. 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 All right, guys, that's all we got for you this week. We'll be back next week with more great stuff. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthy Living Scottsdale podcast. Do you have a question that you'd like for us to answer live on the podcast? If so, all you need to do is head over to the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone and do three simple things. First, leave us a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. In that review, ask anything you want related to health, fitness, or nutrition. And if you want a shout out, leave us your Instagram handle or name. That's all you have to do. Then listen to hear your questions answered live on the next Q&A episode.